Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Tuesday, October 24th, 2023. This is another Tuesday edition of football today. That is Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. Because of a scheduling snafu, we had to move from Monday to Tuesday, but still we are chock full of good NFL talk. Hey, you remain unbeaten when you go see the Giants in person. They're going to get you not only season tickets, but tickets to every freaking road game, too, if you keep this up. Never lost. I have people like with serious inquires in my DMs asking to like just buy me tickets to games. Mm. Um but I can't. I can't. I, I would love to. I would love to. But I just, I, I just can't. You know, this team needs to learn to win on their own. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. It's you do your part, do your job, as one Bill Belichick would say. And I know. If, what if, uh, what if fans offered to pay not only for your tickets but your airfare and your housing? Would you consider it? No, I hate traveling. Oh, wow. You are. I guess you're not a Giants fan. And again, I, I want to see this team win on. Uh, you know, learn to win on their own, right? You know, it's like when people like, oh, the other players, best players, interested. I want, I want, I want to play their best, and I want us to be our best. We'll throw in the, uh, we'll throw in a private jet. That would help because I am six foot seven, and the plane experience is the worst experience. Okay, gotcha. Um, let's start off our show with how Week Seven wrapped up with the Vikings taking care of business against the Niners on Monday Night Football. 22-17 was your final and kind of a fun, really interesting game. Are you now more interested to see if the three and four Vikings can get on a run or if the shine is starting to come off the Niners just a bit? I still have a lot of faith in the Niners, but like with Brock Purdy, right? It's like he's, we've talked about him. It's like, yes, he has misses, but he's always making the right decision. He throws with great anticipation, which I still think he is. But you know that his three interceptions this year are all on the same exact route, which is that that dig route uh, over the middle. It's the exact same thing, and it's been different types of plays, been different reasons why, but it has been the same route, and it's been a lot due to inaccuracies. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, like as teams try and catch up to what Brock Purdy does well, if he starts having to pay for some of his inaccuracies on throws going forward, which, like again, can stop them from winning a Super Bowl, which. I, I think we went into this week, or at least going into last week, thing saying they're the best team in the NFL, and that is their standard: win the Super Bowl or bust. Yeah, they're. Um, it's weird. In eight days, they've gone from, in our opinion, the best team in the NFL to, well, what's wrong? You know, maybe he just needs everybody around him. Everything's got to be perfect, right? There's no Debo. There's no Trent Williams, which to me was a huge deal, because mm-hmm. you start getting a little pressure in Brock Purdy's face. And then all of a sudden, he turns into a slightly different quarterback. Uh, with all that being said, I really believe that if McCaffrey doesn't fumble that football in the first quarter on that drive, this probably is a different game. Just saying that. I feel it. However, I think the Vikings are fascinating now. They're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. They're not even good enough to win their division. But they're good enough, based on their upcoming schedule, 
to compete for a wild card in the not very deep NFC, in my opinion. Their next half dozen games at Green Bay, at Atlanta, home against New Orleans, at Denver, home against Chicago, at Vegas. Now, there's four road games, but which of those screams massive underdog? I mean, yeah, none. It's Kirk Cousins, man, is playing very well this season, right? Even even when they were losing, it's like Kirk Cousins is playing. You know, you think about that uh, that Eagles game we talked watched on Thursday Night Football, like all the points they put up. Um, it's it's such a weird. It's got to be such a weird time in Vikings land where it's like you have this quarterback, you're paying him, he's really good, but it feels like the worst kept secret in the NFL that they are planning to move off of him while he's playing well. And here's the thing is that we all as football fans are craving to see what he could do with a really good team around him. You know, everybody's like Cleveland's got to trade for him. The jets have got to trade for him. Atlanta should make a push for him. Well, first of all, if he ends up in Atlanta, then it's just going to be a different quarterback that doesn't utilize their top 10 picks on offense. In Cleveland, that could be interesting, but it would never – it's not going to happen. And then New York, that one would never happen either. And on top of everything else, he's got a no-trade clause, and I think that he just values being very comfortable where he is. And he has a good offense around him, right? Like hopefully, hopefully Jefferson comes back. Jordan Addison has been really awesome for them. Christian right. Darisaw is one of like a really – I mean, he's already a really good left tackle, but he's just continuing to ascend – um, did well versus Nick Bosa when uh when he got those one on ones last night. Uh, it's just defensively they don't really have the personnel, but there's tra- like we've seen with Brian Flores teams in the past. Like it kind of takes their that defense a little bit to adjust. You know, I remember what was the year they started like one and six and then one seven in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw them have success last night with some of those like those cover zero looks, the three safety high looks. Um, even though they don't really have the personnel to hang with anybody they do have a coach who's gonna you know at least go after teams yeah they blitz 60 percent of the time almost that is an astounding number and most in the nfl all right uh the sunday night game that was pretty fun to watch uh eagles took care of miami in a battle of then five and one teams philly certainly showed its personality on the last touchdown scoring drive that they had they converted a couple of fourth and shorts in their own territory cementing the final score. Um, Miami ends up falling short in this one. What was the biggest takeaway for you? That Philly kind of flexed their personnel muscles a little bit on, you know, this Miami team that we all uh, love, right? Like up front, they did very well. Now Miami was really banged up on the offensive line, but against other teams, they've been able to like work around that. Um, So they were able to like stop the run, get them in those third and longs. And then do you know if, all right, do you, is A.J. Brown uh, on pace to break Calvin Johnson's receiving record? Uh, do you have his numbers right in front of you? I have it. I have the on pace exact number. I'm going to say he's close, but he's not quite there. Well, you're right that it's close. He is on pace to beat it by 0.7 yards. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Don't worry. I know, but it's like you kind of forget because Tyreek Hill is having even a better year. Like, A.J. Brown has been on a roll. He's just been a monster for them. And it's kind of the ultimate, like, hey, just go go be a dude type player for that offense, even when they're struggling. It's like you can just get that ball to A.J. Brown. So 
I thought again, it's like we don't. I don't think we come away from this game being like, "Oh, Philly's operating perfectly like they did last year." Where last year you watch their offense, and it's like they just make no mistakes. They make Jalen Hurts makes the right decision every time. They still have like some warts, but they just kind of flex their personnelish uh, muscles on on Miami. So, do you know that Jalen Hurts has more turnovers? The team has more turnovers, I think, than it did all of last year. But I know that Hurts does already. We only played seven weeks. And yeah, it's very believable. I mean, he was like perfect last year. Right. And I think he's fighting through some stuff. Sirianni even made mention of it that, you know, he wasn't 100%. I'll be curious to see if that changes the way they call their third and fourth and shorts eventually. Because the one thing we don't talk about, as great as the brotherly shove has been and as much controversy as it is stirred around, uh, Obviously, it's a legal play, but whether it's a real football play and whether they should outlaw it is the fact that you've got to have very special people in order to get this done, right? You've got to have an interior of the offensive line that has the ability to get under everybody every time. And then you've got to have a quarterback that, A, is willing to do that because not every quarterback in the league, remember for years we heard Ben Roethlisberger didn't want to do that stuff. And so the Chiefs would- refused to do it. Well, we are right because why would why would you? That's how Mahomes got hurt that one time. Right. So why would you? And then you have to have a quarterback that physically can do it. And Jalen Hurts, we've seen all this stuff where he's squatting a gazillion pounds and all that, you know, that his dad trains him as a weightlifter. And I, I get it. But man, at some point that's gonna cost you physically. And I wonder if at some point it changes the way that they call a game because Sirianni came out and talked about it Sunday night. He said, we have the biggest advantage in football. We don't have to go 10 yards every series. We don't because we know that we're going to be good on that last yard, whether it's third and one or fourth and one. We actually haven't really talked about that on this show. Are you kind of like in the I stop them or are you kind of like outlawed with the, the touch push? What is the point of outlawing it? Well, here's the point I would make is that it used to be illegal. It used to be you weren't allowed to push players from the back, right? Like I remember when uh, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, the Notre Dame game. Yeah, the Bush like push. The, yeah, it was like that was technically illegal. And it used to be illegal in the NFL, so you're not pushing piles and stuff like that. Um, and then I think they made it legal for the to push the piles down the field, and then the Eagles have found uh, this way to do it. And obviously, it's other teams trying to do it. They're nowhere near as good as Philly. I kind of just... I do kind of fall in like I I wish it'd be illegal, and maybe it sounds salty, but I just like it used to be illegal, right? And I just don't like, I just don't know how much of a total football play that is. But I also am not going to cry about it either. It's definitely a football play, I think. I think it's a football play. Uh, I still see several times a week, a uh, guy breaks through the line, and starts running. And gets pushed another five yards by the offensive lineman. What are we going to do with that play? We're going to yeah, I would get rid of that too. Like I think it'd be the whole just you're not you cannot push the offensive player from the back. Because I mean, it it, it used to be illegal, right? Like that's that's my point on it. It's not like oh, we need to make this new rule to outlaw what the Eagles are doing. Mm -hmm. It's just more like it used to be illegal, and I think the it's just I don't think we need to be pushing offensive players from the back. But I think, I, but again, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to bitch about it either. I'm not going to be one of these people crying about it. You no, know, I'll be curious to see if they do outlaw it. Um, like I said, I think that 
you know, maybe when Jason Kelsey retires, if Cam Jurgens moves over to center, I don't know if he has the same skill set that Kelsey has. You've probably studied him more than I have. I know he's a good player. I, I know that they like him at guard. I think he's banged up right now. But, you know, like I said, you have to have this, the right personnel and the right mentality. And I just think it kind of encapsulates who they are. Like, don't fuck with us. We're going to get it. It's first and nine for us, and we're going to get it. Oh, yeah, they should be. I mean, they're going to continue running that until they do make it illegal. And other teams have tried it this year and, and just not have not. Had, they're Like you said, they don't have the personnel. They don't have Jason Kelsey. They don't have Jalen Hurts. They don't have the guards on the interior to really do that. Um, and they, they the Eagles probably practice it a lot more than other teams do as well, too. I don't know how much they're practicing it these days in the middle of the season. But, yeah, I'm sure they they give it a well, at least like show. walking through like you know yes. walk through they're not they're not just beating the shit out of Jalen Hurts in practice but like right. walking through how to do it uh yeah they're not actually yeah not 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 I don't mean they're like seven times of practice they're just fucking going at it but <laughs> they're, they're at least going through the scenarios all right uh we're gonna hit a bunch of topics here in our next question and I want to see which of the following statements are true so we'll go we'll go uh hit all these four and two Steelers. They just got a nice road win road in parentheses taken on the Rams because I think it was 90% black and gold at SoFi stadium. The four and two Steelers are a legit playoff team. Legit to make the playoffs or a team that like is like you look at them like that's a good playoff team right there. I'm just going to throw the statement out and you can answer it any way you want, Bobby. I'm going to say no, but it is insane that no matter how bad the Steelers look in any season, that Mike Tomlin will just get them to uh, win more games than they lose. It it really is insane that he continues to do this. Like, what, tell, like their defense is good, right? You have TJ yes. Watt, you got Highsmith, you got Minka, who's one of my favorite players in the NFL. But offensive, I mean, Steelers fans will tell you this: like their offense is an issue. It's flat out bad. Uh, and I don't see a road to it getting better this year either. So are you going to give them a playoff spot? You know what? I'm going to say no, because I don't I, I, I like three teams in their own division better than them. So I'm just going to say no, even though that right now they are one. I think they are a I think they're. Hmm. I don't even know how to answer my own question. The offense is rough to watch. I saw them in person in week two, and they had one huge play to Pickens, and that was it. That was it, and it feels like that's it every weekend. And even when they – I don't know what it is. But did you see the play with Deontay Johnson this week? His first game back since week one, right? He was out with a bad hamstring. They draw a P.I. on a killer Witherspoon late. If they get that first down, game's over. You know, the Rams are out of timeouts. They could just take a knee after that, unless they're Mario Cristobal, in which case they'll keep running. Don't bring that up, please. So he, it's an incomplete pass. He turns to Witherspoon, he gives him the shush right in front of the referee, and he gets flagged for taunting. So now they have to replay the down because of offsetting penalties. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, why is it that that team, they're always able to find non-first-round drafted receivers but they all seemingly go off the hinge at some point, right, Antonio Maybe Brown? that's what it is. It's a philosophy. We'll, we'll take the guys that that uh, that you guys don't want. Right? Antonio Brown, amazing, like, Hall of Fame talent, but issues. Chase Claypool, 
second round pick rookie year. We were like, oh my God, they found another one. He's been MIA ever since then and has been just a disaster when he opens his mouth. And now Deontay Johnson, by all accounts, good kid, but come on, man. Like, clean it up. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'm sitting there going, what the what the fuck? This is why we stink offensively. Yeah, and you got that scumbag Heinz Ward. Um, ah. No. Uh, uh, I, I, that's well, a joke for the sensitive yeah. Steelers fans. Right. Um, yeah, the, I... I and Deontay Johnson kind of has some of his own warts, but he is a good player. But they, again, they don't have like horrible personnel on offense. No, and and I think they they need to start um um Jalen Bra- Braxton Jones, and then Jalen um, Warren too. Like Jalen Warren outperformed Bro- Broderick Jones. You mean the rookie? Out of yeah, Georgia? Bro- Broderick Braxton is from Chicago. Yeah, um, like he like he played well. What was it a couple of weeks ago? Um, in relief, and then they they benched him. But yeah, even that, like not Najee Harris. Like, at what point do you admit the L and just start giving carries to Jalen, uh, more carries to Jalen Warren? You have to. They both scored their first touchdown of the season against the Rams. Both of them, week seven. Yeah, Warren had a you know like I think a yard and a half more per uh, carry in that game. Yeah, I mean Warren's been with them for a while, and he's kind of been good every time he's gotten an opportunity. Um, All right, but they've let's kind move of... on. Let's yeah. move on to our next statement. Here. Yeah, we said we said quick hitter, and we're we're doing a deep. Dive. That's all right. That's okay. We're all right. Jordan Love is not the future in Green Bay. No, I don't think he is. So that's a true statement. Yeah, that's a true statement. I mean, even when they were winning beginning of the year, you saw it was like some good schematic stuff, and there was a lot of issues too. He had two touchdowns this past weekend, neither of which should be credited to him. Did you see the two touchdown passes? Yeah. He literally literally threw a jump ball that Romeo Dobbs is still playing tug of war with the Denver defender on. And then the other one. I like Dobbs too. I do too. And then the other one, I think it was behind Dobbs. I never got a clean look at it. I just kind of saw the overhead shot. And then it bounced into Reed's hands for a touchdown. And then the offense just looks so simplistic. Everything they're running for him looks easy, and it still looks like a mess. Now, is it really fair for us to judge a guy when he's had fewer than ten starts? Is that enough? I mean, he's had three years. What? How many? How many years did he have behind Rodgers? Three, three, three. And but he only started one game. Yeah, but there's just like misses accuracy wise and shit too. Like it's it's not pretty. Um, and they're on a. They've lost what four out of their last five? Yeah, because they they ended up beating the Saints in that game. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he's he's their thing. I think they'll stick with him for another year, though. It's, I don't see them drafting a quarterback, and they're a patient franchise. Yeah, they kind of can't move on from him after one year. That would be as embarrassing as it gets, right? And yeah, those... and I wouldn't either, right? Like he does have talent. Like see if you can rein it in a little bit. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to. There, I think their their run of quarterbacks make come to an end. I mean, he did have 30 years where he, he had the best guy in the league. I mean, come on. Share a little of the wealth. People aren't going to be shedding a tear for you if Jordan Love doesn't exactly work out. I would tend to agree with you. I think that's that. Uh, speaking of uh, teams with quarterback issues, Deshaun Watson did start in Indianapolis, removed from the game, checked out for concussion, checked out fine, didn't do any further damage to his shoulder, but Kevin Stefanski said, hey, man, Hang out with me out here. I'm not going to put you at risk. So, P.J. Walker 
for the second straight week was the quarterback when they won a big game. But do the Browns, the Browns need to trade for Jacoby Brissett. That is the statement. Is it true or false? False. You, I mean, you, you traded for, you got Deshaun Watson pay all this money. You got to keep Deshaun Watson. Um, like you got, you got to live or die with that. Um, even though Brissett would be really good for them, obviously he like Brissett was a solid quarterback last year. Heck yeah, he was. Tell me what the trade compensation is, because I could see the Commanders going to Brissett sooner than later. Well, the the Commanders came out and said Sam Howell's still our guy, but then you've got the game Ron Rivera's, you know, on his last breath there in Washington, so right? Which really is want to go, go underwater with Sam Howell pushing his head down. Exactly. Which again, that Rivera says that now this this is the last year of Rivera, most likely. Yes. Um. So there will be any type of desperation, and and one of those will be Brissett. Even though it's not probably not desperation, he's probably, he's a better quarterback than Sam Howell. So the Browns made obviously hindsight a massive mistake trading Joshua Dobbs two and a half weeks before opening kick to Arizona. I understood it at the time. Nobody made a what the hell are you doing statement because Watson for all of his off field issues has been the pillar of health since his rookie year when he tore his ACL. He hadn't missed a game because of health since then. So they rolled the dice and said, listen, we got a guy who's going to play 17 games for us. We think we've got a young guy in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a fifth-round pick, played great in the preseason. Bring him along. Hopefully he doesn't see the field. Got a redshirt year, and he'll be our guy moving forward. We'll save a little dough with Joshua Dobbs. We'll get a a fifth-round pick, which isn't nothing, and we'll be okay. They didn't expect Watson to, A, not play great. He had a great game against Tennessee, but other than that, he hadn't been great. And he banged up his shoulder. And now the team, we don't know exactly how hurt he is. They say he's structurally sound. Watson's like, can't go against Baltimore. It's so that part's been a shit show, right? And now we really don't know how healthy he is. Did you watch any of his five throws on Sunday? No, I watched mostly the, I was watching like the PJ Walker stuff. Okay. So Deshaun Watson's first throw was just a check down to his running back. And he threw it like it was a paper airplane. Like it just went straight down. And then his next pass, he gets picked off on a ball he never should have thrown, and it didn't look that good. He was just all over the place. I think there's something else going on with him. I don't know what. But um. so here's the point. The statement, do they need to trade for Jacoby Brissett? I would say the answer is yes, but I don't think they will. What do you think about the Stefanski quote saying, like, yeah, I was planning for P.J. Walker, but that – decision came from up above to play Watson. Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. It, it's kind of crazy over there. And, and I'm pissed off that I, I, I give that bold take on this Browns defense and then the Colts drop 38 points. Like this week's this week sucked. I, th- I thought I was getting a good grasp of the entire NFL. And then oh. this week just went everything went haywire. Come like on, the Patriots are putting that. up points on the Bills. Like every everything went nuts this weekend, right? All right, let's have fun with this last statement. Terod Taylor runs the Giants' offense better than Daniel Jones. True or not? Not true, but he has looked good. Um, uh, and the the offensive line actually held up pretty well, pass blocking wise. 
in this past game, which was which was nice to see. Um, but Tyrod's one of the best backup QBs in the NFL. He started a lot of games in the NFL for your Browns, now for my Giants. The Browns probably was the worst version of Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's very capable, right? And the commander's defense, by the way. This commander's defense, I don't – it's because no one cares about the commanders right now. They're the, probably the most irrelevant team right now in the NFL because there's like you don't see the high ceiling, but they're also not bottom. That defense, to me – like Jack Del Rio should be fired before Ron Rivera. They are so undisciplined. Some of the stuff they're doing just makes no sense. They were just like Jalen Hyatt, the speedy guy out of Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Every team respects him. At least pre-snap shows they pr- respect him. The commanders are putting the safety on the opposite side of the field and then pressing him up on him. And it's like, what what are you doing? Of course we're gonna get these this ball deep to him. Um some of the things they do defensively are are insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, the heat is on DJ when he does get back, if he gets back, I'm not believing he's back until he's physically cleared. Uh, he's cleared for contact, which has not happened yet. Um, but Tyrod has done enough to put a lot of heat on DJ. Yeah. I mean, I think it's somewhat of a loaded question because we're not saying that Tyrod Taylor is the future for the New York giants. He's, he's not. He is exactly what he has been throughout his career, a guy who can maybe be a bridge quarterback to a draft pick or something like that, a really good dude who earns the respect in the locker room and can, if he is a backup, win you games if you're a team in contention, which the Giants thought they were going to be, if your first-string quarterback gets out so it's just not a shit show and that if he misses four games, you don't go 0-4. He's the perfect guy for that stuff. Um. Although maybe somebody in the media called him a young quarterback the other day. We'll move on from that statement. Uh, yeah, this story's more much more about Daniel Jones and, yeah. and what he is. When did they get out of that deal? Is that a two-year deal, really? So this is obviously very close and personal to me, this this conversation. If they can get out of it after two years, but I actually, like with all the Giants issues, I actually think the DJ contract is the least of them because the way they set it up, like it kind of was set up to be a bridge to drafting someone. Now I thought that might happen after year two or year three. Um, and it's looking like they could be in position to do that after year one, not a guarantee. Um, but I'm, I'm very disappointed in Daniel Jones, right? Cause I watched them all 2021 with Garrett and judge and the personnel issues they had and was like, man, this guy is playing solid ball. Um, it's just there's a lot of issues around him. And then last year played very well. Like anyone who watches him last year said he played very well. He did essentially everything they asked him to do. That being said, they put more on his plate this year. And he just has not like that Seattle game just leaves such a bad taste in my mouth because there was plays to be made. Um now again, often people's offensive line has been was very bad um in those games, right? But there was just you go and watch it, which I do, obviously. And I, I, there's a bad taste in my mouth for someone who's kind of been on Daniel Jones' side for the majority of his career. I hope he gets back soon. I hope he plays better so that you're happy. Yeah, but even if he plays better, he has to play better with doing better, like more, like better things on offense, not just running an offense very well and do, making all I the know. right decisions, but actually, you know, processing and making plays down the field. 
What is up, baseball fans? The playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action. We've teamed up with DraftKings, and they are bringing all new customers an offer that you can take advantage of right now. New customers who bet $5 will get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings app now and use my promo code FOOTBALL TODAY. That's right. New customers who bet just $5 on any wager will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. Stay in on the action and use your $200 in bonus bets on DraftKings parlays. Combine multiple bets together for a shot and an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, don't worry. You can join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy and have the shot to win cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, let's get this through this one quickly. Kareem Jackson is appealing a four-game suspension for multiple ejections. The Denver safety uh, had the latest one coming Sunday, helmet-to-helmet hit on Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end for Green Bay. Is the penalty too severe, in your opinion? Yeah, four games is a lot, man, for like plays that haven't on a field. And I, actually, I went and watched all the hits. The Jacoby Myers one I do think is debatable because Myers goes low. Um the other two really aren't, but I I also don't watch those plays and look and think he's like playing like like he's Vontez perfect where he's out there like trying to actively hurt dudes either. So four games, I mean, that's that's a lot of money you're taking out of a guy's pocket for plays that are happening on a field, right? And not like you know personal conduct issues. Um, now I think they probably do reduce it. They probably made it four to in, to to reduce it. I don't know if that's you can tell me is that like something that just kicks in if you get a certain amount per year. Um, but yeah, I, I understand it. I understand wanting to like get serious on it because it's, he's become a repeat offender, but four games is that's a, that's a huge suspension. If it's upheld, it's 560 grand. Plus he has reportedly already been fined almost 90,000 for four different infractions this season. The repeat offender is the problem here. Okay, if that had been the first time, it would. I don't know if it even would have warranted a suspension. And uh, it is tricky. I don't like it when I hear from former NFL players like this is ridiculous. This isn't football. Well, you have to get past that mentality. That is archaic. The game has changed severely. They are hard for me. Well, but that's the way it is. That is the way it is. At the end of the day. Because Luke Musgrave could have not gotten up from that hit very easily. It was face-to-face, man. So if his body is contorted a slightly different way, guess what we're doing? We're bringing another ambulance on the field. And nobody wants to see that. So if you're getting guys thinking about the – and I know, believe me, I talk to guys every week, and I sit in the room with NF, former NFL players and ask them how difficult it is to move their body a certain way and all that sort of stuff. And even the offensive guys sit there and say, hey, listen, I don't know where I would go if I were a defender. But you just got to go midsection and pray for the rest. And I know it sucks because sometimes the midsection turns into the knees. And I can't tell you the number of guys who said they'd rather be hitting the head than the knees. Yeah. Well, even the Jacoby Myers one, like that was aimed for the midsection and Myers like, like falls a little bit and ends up hitting him in the head, but he was Jackson was leading with his helmet on that too. That's the problem. Both those hits, he was leading with the helmet. That's they're making an example out of him. Right. Which is, is, it's understandable. Um, 
But four games does seem like oh, I mean that's a, that's a lot. Has he been suspended I, for this before? I don't believe so, but I don't also don't think it'll end up staying at four. I think it'll yeah, I don't either. Like I, I think it's one of those we set it high to bring it down low. Yeah, I'm guessing it gets cut in half, but I could be wrong. All right, back to Washington. You already kind of uh, took your shots at the Commanders, and justifiably so. They fell to three and four after a loss to your Giants again on Sunday. Now listen closely. See if you can tell me how Jonathan Allen felt about the commander's loss. What's the evaluation like after a loss like that? They whooped our ass, plain and simple. Got to be better. Anything they did that surprised you guys early on? No, I want to say so. I think it's just a lack of focus on our part, a lack of attention to detail, not starting fast, and creating holes that are too big for us to overcome in the second half. Does it get frustrating when that seems? Yes, it does. I'm fucking tired of this shit. Fucking tired of this bullshit. It's been seven fucking years of the same shit tired of this shit what can you do now going forward to get it turned around get our minds right and get ready to play fucking philadelphia <laughs> you win jonathan allen your team might not be winning much but you win soundbite of the year that was awesome wasn't it J- allen is one of the best players in the nfl that doesn't get talked about a lot um yeah it's funny because he kind of answered it like uh you know media 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 and then something switched and he's like i'm just gonna start cussing a lot uh because i'm pissed off um yeah he was he's a he was a little bit of a potty mouth that was great that was so good so well done it, it was like uh it was almost like a uh skit for wwe you really like cranked it up in the middle just really did we did, did we get a count on how many like the the regular word to fuck ratio there was Ooh, it was probably pretty good it was clean in the first part so like you I know, said, he went like normal press conference to I'm going to just start cussing. It wasn't like someone who was just heated from start to finish. Yeah, it really built. It was like a slow boil. And then by the time the guy asked the third question, he was like, I've had enough. I'm getting in before the question's even out. I'm getting in. Good, Jonathan Allen. Keep that passion. Keep that. As I, my man Michael Irvin once said, don't lose the intensity. I like it. I like it. And Allen's, re- by the way, his counterpart, Deron Payne, I just got paid. I need to yeah. watch the rest of the games. I saw a guy with like lack of effort in that game, oh, and I've boy. watched him dominate the Giants in the past, and I was shocked at how bad he was. Oh, boy. I know we didn't put this on there, and I should have messaged you yesterday. Quick, more surprising, the Ravens scoring all those points, or actually the Ravens scoring all those points, or stopping essentially stopping Detroit for the entire game? Um. Ravens scoring all those points didn't surprise me because they've been in agreed the the opportunity they've had the opportunity like Justin Tucker kicked six field goals the week before so they've had they've been close enough to score a bunch of points and not all of them were from sixty six yards so they've had their opportunities last week they just scored touchdowns on each of their first four drives um, Detroit had been held hadn't been held under twenty since almost the middle of last season that that surprised me a little bit but that, that I'm telling you man. I made the statement on game day final that I thought that Baltimore was the best team in the AFC. Ooh, we did our rankings a couple weeks ago. We went one to four, the one one lost teams. Um, Mike McDonald's awesome, dude. Like I said on Friday, like I can't wait to watch Ben Johnson versus Mike McDonald. Yeah, and Mike McDonald won that obviously. Like you look at the total, but just the way they did it too, like getting free rushers, like that was a great matchup of like young and upcoming coordinators and oh. McDonald won that. Like if there's, if there's That's any de- defensive coordinator who gets a head coaching job this year, it will be McDonald. I agree with you. I agree with you. 
Uh, we are back at it again on Friday. We will set the schedule for you here on week eight of the NFL season, which I can't believe we're already in. Maybe we'll break down Thursday night's game as well. For our legendary producer out there, Mikey, good job. And Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Football Today.